Hey, welcome to Church Online. We are thrilled that you are joining us for this online experience. Thankful that you are a part of this. I hope and pray each and every week as we stay connected. I hope you received and celebrated Holy Communion with us last Sunday as we celebrated Easter. And uh, today we're going to get into a subject that God has really been speaking to me for the last month or so. But before we do, I want to tell you a little bit um, about what's coming this week. Starting tomorrow, Monday, I'm going to be dropping out a daily devotion this week. And um, if you get our church emails, you will get those. If you do not get our church email, here's what I want you to do. You can go to our website, newhopechurch.org. Go to the bottom right-hand side, click on connect, and get your information uh, logged into our church software. Or you can go old school. I can't believe I'm about to say old school with email. You can go old school and just email us and you can email us at office at newhopechurch.org and we'll get you signed up and uh, we're just trying to think of ways that we can feed you spiritually stay connected with you next week I'll tell you about something else we're going to start doing and that is dropping some video content some video teaching for you during this season we're going to begin a series next Sunday titled no place like home how many of you have said that before or you've thought that? You've been on vacation, you've been away, you come back in your hometown or you pull up in your driveway. My family says it almost all the time. And it's like, there's no place like what? Home. Then COVID-19 hits and we all get bound at home for good. And many of us are starting to pull our hair out thinking, ah, when can we leave this home? Um, hey, I'm going, to, I'm going to take a series and I'm just going to deposit, hopefully each and every week, some things that I believe God wants to do in our home since we're all at home. So hopefully it'll be very relevant and powerful for you. But today, I want to talk to you about things that I believe God wants to teach us in the midst of the coronavirus. And um, I could have waited till the end of the pandemic because we are, again, we are going to get through this together. Amen? Amen. We're going to get through this. Um, and I could wait to the end, but I'm afraid that if I wait, we might miss the very thing that God wants to teach us in the midst of this season. And so today I wanna to talk to you about things that I believe, this is just a lot of a, it's, it's biblically based, but it's things that I believe the Holy Spirit has dropped into my heart for us that God wants to teach us as a result of this pandemic. And so I am surrounded by uh, some of the most talented worship pastors on the planet. I know I'm biased, but I love these guys and they are gifted. I've got Caleb Taylor over here to my left. He is at the Durham campus. I've got Bradford who is at the Hillsboro campus. I've got John who's at the Durham campus. I've got Marcelo rocking it over there in Wake Forest. I got Raven bringing down the house with the vocals in Sanford. I've got Justin, our new newest worship pastor who is awesome in Garner. Uh, he and his wife had just arrived on our team. And man, we just love having you. Come on, let's celebrate these guys as a movement. So how are you doing? Like, really? Um, I showed up to deliver this message with these folks and everybody was kind of asking me, how are you doing? And, and I couldn't lie to them. So just like, all right. I don't know if you're feeling this where you are, but like, 
I'm getting sick of this. And I love my family. But I am getting, I'm ready to go back to, to work. I know we've been working at home, but I'm ready to, something about getting up and hitting the road and getting to the church and getting back in the grind of it all. About a month ago, we had this stay at home order and I was, I was digging it for a little while and I was even digging it through Easter. And now after Easter, Easter Monday hit me and I just like, oh, I kind of got down and I'm trying to figure out how we're going to make it through. We're about three months into this COVID-19. It was first recorded in December of 2019. Thus, it's called COVID-19. And I got a few questions for you as, as we get settled into this today and things I've been asking myself. What are we to make of such a virus? I like that, that pause there for a moment. How are we to process this? What, a better question might be, what would be a faithful biblical worldview for how we handle and reflect and learn in such a time as this? Here, here's another question. How do we think about such things? I'm gonna throw a big word out there, forgive me. Theologically, how do we think about such things. No moment, no event, or details fall outside of God's supervision. Did you hear me? No event, no details, no moment ever falls outside of God's supervision. God is the one who causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Jesus said that in the Sermon on the Mount. Daniel 5.21 says, the most high God rules the kingdom of men and sets over it whom he will. So God is still in control, amen? God is still sovereign. Now, now time out. I'm not one of these preachers that will start declaring this is the judgment of God. I actually don't believe that. Now, I believe God will bring about judgment. I believe there will be a judgment. I believe we will all face judgment. That's all scripture. But I'm not ready to say this is the judgment of God. But I am reminding us that God is fully in charge. And so therefore, if God is fully in charge, why does he permit something like this to happen? Wouldn't an almighty God prevent it? No, if they serve his higher purpose, no, he would not. The ultimate example is the death of Jesus Christ. We just celebrated it last week. Like they all thought Jesus was dead, done, out, right? It was a, it was a bad event. It was an evil event that crucified the son of the most high God. But then what did God do? Just like God always does, God turned it into an Easter celebration. He took something bad and he redeemed it. We just celebrated that last Sunday. And so the way we start to think about this is, okay, God, how do you want to redeem something as evil and dastardly, if you will, as the coronavirus? Like I will call this virus evil. I've never seen anything like this in my life that would infect people and then it would be so contagious that people would have to die alone because their loved ones can't even be in the hospital with them. This is an evil, dark, dastardly virus. But God is still sovereign. 
So the question becomes, what does God want us to get out of this? If God can reverse this, but he doesn't, what is he wanting to teach us in the midst of this pandemic? And that's what I've been thinking about. And that's what I wanna share with you today. You might have your own list and uh, you might have more than these. You might not have, I have more than these, by the way, but we're on a time, you know, time uh, issue here. We can't go too long. Uh, so I, I'm only gonna lay out seven. Why? Because seven is the number of completion. And so I could have gone to 14 today, Justin, but I'm gonna stick with seven. Here we go. If you're a note taker at home, take notes. Number one, life is so very fragile. Life is so very fragile. Do you remember when or where you were when you first heard the phrase, the coronavirus? I mean, we were strutting around, thought we had everything under control, life was good, and bam, we get hit with this coronavirus, this invisible virus. And before we knew it, we were all at a standstill. And now we can't even hug one another. We can't even, like, I don't like this. I love people. And now they're talking about, if you've listened to the news lately, they're talking about, should we do away with the handshake in America? I pray not. But here is the point. Life is fragile. And we should never take our health for granted. I believe God is trying to teach us that through COVID-19. The Bible says this in James 4, 14. You do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes, right? James 4, 14. Number two, I'm gonna move quickly today. Number two, church community is so very valuable. Church community is so very valuable. I believe that God would want to remind the Christians out there anyway that what we do when we gather on Sundays or in life groups, what we do when we, when we gather as a family, that's valuable. We've all heard the saying, right? You don't know what you got, what? Till it's gone. And um, I'm missing the church family. And I believe God wants to teach his church that it is precious, it is sacred, it is so valuable when we get together. And I don't know about you, I can't wait till we get back together. And I don't know that, that, that Psalm 122.1 will ever be as powerful and relevant and meaningful to me as it will be on that first day. Do you know what Psalm 122.1 says? It says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Come on now. I cannot wait till we get to do that. I'm just going to be real with you today and honest. I'm getting a little lonely. Now, if you're an introvert, you're like, woohoo, I've been waiting my whole life for this. This is awesome. But extroverts like me who get energy from people, um, this, is, this is getting hard. And I find myself getting more and more 
lonely and just missing the staff. Now we as staff are, are, are mostly working at home virtually and then we don't gather on Sundays and I'm just getting a little lonely. And I think a lot of other people are feeling that same way and I believe God would teach us that it is sacred, it is valuable, this church community. I want to tell you about an ad that I heard about. This has got to be one of the best single ads ever printed anywhere. It appeared in the Atlanta Journal and a big heading, all caps, single black female seeks male companionship, ethnicity, unimportant. Then it says, I'm a very good looking girl who loves to play. I love long walks in the woods, riding in your pickup truck, glory to God, hunting, camping, and fishing trips, cozy winter nights, lying by the fire. Candlelight dinners will have me eating out of your hand. Rub me the right way and watch me respond. Oh my Lord, I'll be at the front door when you get home from work wearing only what nature gave me. Kiss me and I'm yours. Call 404-875. I'll leave the last four digits off and ask for Daisy. Listen, over 15,000 men found themselves talking to the Atlanta Humane Society about an eight-week-old black Labrador retriever. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> oh, I love that so much because I have a black Labrador retriever. She's my baby. Her name is Abby. And uh, she's just seven months old and kind of the, the running joke on, on the internet and, and social media these days, have I told you about Abby? Well, yes, I know I've told all of you about Abby and all of you here have met Abby and you see her all the time. Man, when I heard about that article, that ad, that is uh, hilarious. But people, people are lonely and we're gonna get through this. But I believe God wants to teach us that church family is sacred. And I think most of us, come on, me included, I'm just confessing it. Most of us from time to time start to take it for granted. And I believe that's what God wants to teach us. Hey, number three, we are all equal and we are all connected. We are all equal and we are all connected. We are a part of one human race. The coronavirus is a great equalizer. Follow me here now. And it reminds us that black, brown, white are not races. They are colors. There's only one human race and that's God's human race. I love how Paul would put it in Ephesians chapter two, guys. Unbelievable scripture. Verse 14, Ephesians 2, 14 through 16. For Jesus himself is our peace who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one humanity. Everybody say one humanity. One humanity, one humanity out of the two, thus making peace and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. 
No more barriers between us. No more hostility between us. He has created us all one. We just celebrated that last week when he died on the cross and he rose from the dead. Paul is saying through that cross, God has made humanity one race. Or as you have heard me say before, at the foot of the cross, the ground is equal. We are all equal and we are all connected. And I don't know if you guys have felt this, but it's, it's been refreshing to see the nation and really the world rally up against this one invisible enemy. It's, it's been refreshing. Even Washington, even our government has started to accomplish some stuff together because we have one enemy. Partisan politics go out of the door in a season like this. And I don't know about you, but the United States of America is far better than the typical divided states of America. Number four, we need, oh, we, I love this, I love this. We need to slow down and treasure family. When it's all said and done, all we really have is God, God's family, I talked about that earlier, and our family. There's no place like home. That's where we're going next Sunday. But I said a few weeks ago on, on the camera, I think I said, you know, my theme song at the house is, y'all gonna make me lose my mind. Up in here, up in here. And the truth is, it was a joke. The truth is, I have loved my family time. Our college kids have been home. We've all been gathered, seven of us, having a fantastic time. At times, feeling a little guilty about enjoying family so much. But listen, some of you, and I've, I've kind of seen the comments, and I've been joking about it too, but others of us have just had a really, really hard time with being with just family. And the thing I'm asking myself is, why is that the case? If you're about to go crazy and if you haven't treasured some of this time that has been forced upon you with your family, I would dare say that's symptomatic of some deeper, larger issues that tend to be the norm in America, where we, we've kind of just... We've moved away from family and valuing family time and we're always going, going, going and we gotta be doing, doing, doing. And I believe that one of the things God wants to teach us is that we need to slow down and enjoy and treasure family. Here's the fifth thing, jot it down. We should always remember to care for the elderly. Man, I've been so reminded of that as a result of COVID-19. In a day and age when simply everything tends to amplify and highlight youthfulness and everyone wants to stay young as long as they possibly can in the Christian community, it is so important to remember the elderly. And not just in the Christian community, but, but we have a book that tells us about these things, right? That we are to take care of, listen, and honor the elderly. Look at what the Bible says, Leviticus 19, 32. You shall stand up before the gray head 
and honor the face of an old man and you shall fear the Lord your God. I am the Lord. I gotta give props to my kids now. We, we trained them early on, but if we're out in the public somewhere or we're, and, and an elderly person walks in and there's no seats, my kids are gonna get up and they are going to let the elderly person sit down. We, I do that. I'm going to get up and honor the elderly. I believe we should learn that. Exodus 20, 12, the Bible says this, honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. We are to honor our parents. They are elderly, right? We are to honor all elderly people and particularly at a season like this, when they have been most vulnerable, right? Um, I'm just calling you. Maybe there's, there's an elderly person that lives near you. Maybe you know someone. Maybe you could call and check in on them. Maybe you could get their groceries and drop those groceries off at their doorstep and, and let them know that you love them, that you're praying for them. I believe God would remind us of that during this pandemic. Number six, moving along quickly, putting our trust in the things of this world is flimsy, fickle, and unstable. Say it again, that's a longer one. I, this is just something God has impressed upon my heart. Putting our trust in the things of this world is flimsy, fickle, and unstable. Come on now, guys. An unseen, invisible virus has sucker punched us and brought us to our very knees. An unseen, invisible, can't even, can't even really touch it, has brought us to our knees, stopped us right in our tracks, which I don't know about you, causes me to remember that the things of this world Job, recreation, travel, even loved ones themselves can be flimsy, fickle, and unstable. One of the greatest scriptures you could ever memorize, one of my favorites, is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. You know it. Everybody knows it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will keep your paths straight. James would pick back up on this instability of our world in James 4, 14, when the Bible says this, why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. <laughs> what is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then what? Vanishes. It's like when you get up in the morning at springtime, these beautiful mornings that we've been having, if you go outside, there'll start to be a little mist on the ground, but as the sun starts to come up, it'll just evaporate. James is saying, that's how life is. And therefore you better what? Again, Proverbs three, trust in the Lord and lean not on your own understanding. I believe God is wanting to remind us and stir his church and those outside of the church to realize that our only hope is in God. I don't know if you guys have noticed it, but I'm finding more people talking about God than I've ever seen before. People are more desperate than they've ever been before. Maybe that's why God is allowing this to run across the globe, if you will, because people are looking to God. And if you're putting your hope and your faith and your trust in anything of this world, let me tell you something, you are going to be sorely disappointed. 
But if you put your faith and your hope and your trust in God, he's got your back here and he will have your back there when you pass from this world into eternity with God forever. Praise his holy name, amen. Number seven, last one, here we go. We can either be patient or we can panic. We can either be patient or we can panic. Let's wrap this up. Guys, you know, don't you? Maybe you haven't thought about it this way. You know that we're living in the midst of two pandemics. Two pandemics. And you're like, what you talking about? We have the pandemic of the coronavirus, but then we have the pandemic of fear. And they are not one and the same. For many people, it's disproportionately on the side of the pandemic of fear as opposed to the pandemic of the coronavirus. And I just wanna remind us that it doesn't have to be that way. We should practice caution, wisdom. We should be very, very careful. But call me crazy if you want. I'm gonna still live my life. I'm still gonna get out and go for a walk. I know some people, they haven't even left their home. Let me encourage you, it's spring. It's beautiful in the Carolinas right now. Get outside, wear a mask if you want to, but go for a walk, go for a run, go for a bicycle ride with your family. Still live your life while social distancing but don't become so socially isolated that the, the mental effect of that or the darkness or the depression spins you into a tailspin, if you will, where the fear of the virus is more deadly to you than the virus itself. Again, we can either be patient or we can panic. Now, how many of you are good with patience? Yeah. <laughs> is, is that for real? Like maybe you, John? Yeah, I, yeah. I'm not that good with patience. I'm just gonna be honest. It's like, it's like God give me patience, but hurry up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and, and that's where I am right now. It's like, God, give me patience to get through this. But God, can you hurry up? I told y'all like after Easter, I like hit a wall. I'm like, okay, I'm done with this. I'm ready to get back at it. And, and the Lord reminded me of a verse again that we all know, Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40, 31 says this, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Or, or some translations say those who what? Wait on the Lord. And we don't like to wait. Those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. I believe what we need to practice at a time like this is not panic, but patience to keep waiting on the Lord because again, we will get through this. We will get through this together. It's going to take some patience, but I don't know about you. I would prefer to develop some patience instead of live in a posture of panic. So let's wait on the Lord. And while we wait, let me just encourage you, why don't you think about what are the things that God is trying to teach you in the midst of this? I just shared seven of them. Like I said, there are more for me, but there's seven. Maybe they apply to you, but what else is God uniquely trying to teach you as you learn to wait on 
the Lord. Hey, I love you. I can't wait to start our series next Sunday, No Place Like Home. But I hope today has been an encouragement to you. I hope it blesses you. And uh, I just want to close us out in prayer as we wrap up today. Here we go. Father, I want to thank you for what you're teaching me. Um, God, I thank you that, that this, this thing called Christianity is not just about knowledge of you but it's actually about a relationship with you. And God, many people know about you. Many people believe certain things about you. But God, it's very different when that travels about 18 inches from our head to our hearts and we actually start to live out of this love relationship with you. And so Father, I pray that every single person hearing this today would would start to operate maybe more so in a season like this out of that relationship with you. Father, that you would impress upon them the unique things that you're trying to teach them. If they're single, God, in their singleness. If they're working, God, in their vocational life, in their family life, in their spiritual life. Father, we wait upon you and we wanna see you redeem this. We know that you are a good God and you take the bad things of this world and you will redeem those for those who look to you in the midst of it. So Father, have your way in our lives. Father, I wanna pray for every single person listening to this wherever they are. Father, if there's somebody listening and they're experiencing this and they feel like you've ministered to them today and some of this resonates with them, but they don't know if they even know you. And they're certain that they don't have this relationship with you. I wanna invite you to just take a moment right now, wherever you are, and just bow your head, close your eyes and, and pray a simple prayer like this. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I need you to save me and I need you to redeem my life. I need you to redeem this COVID-19 season. I need you to be my savior. And so I invite you in, help me develop this relationship with you. Help me grow as a Christian. I receive you as my savior. Help me follow you all the days of my life. And I pray this in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen. amen. Hey, thank you for joining us. Hope and pray you'll join us next Sunday as well. Same time, same place. Don't click off. We're about to go into a powerful video about hope. And then we're going to sing one final song. Hey, talking about hope, I just want to thank those of you who give to this church financially. You are helping us offer hope to the world, and we are grateful. If you want to sow into the ministries of this church and you have not signed up, simply go to newhopechurch.org forward slash give, place there where you can figure out your tithe. You can click reoccurring. It happens every single month. You don't have to worry about it. Or you can just grab your phone right now and text NHMovement to 77977. Again, NHMovement to 77977. Put your phone aside, watch this video, sing this song with us. Then you pick your phone up and you can go right back to figuring out your tithe and take delight and joy in the fact that we are offering hope 
to the world. Hey, uh, this video is all about hope, so it's perfect to come at this time of offering. And uh, enjoy this, and then stand if you want to stand. Stay seated if you want to stay seated, but sing this out as we celebrate our God who has seen us through this season. God bless you.